0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode Hello of Hello everyone. Tap- God damn it. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. My name is Justin. Joined as always by my very special, very nice friend Corey. Today we will be discussing the first volume of the-
1: co-host to friend or promoted? I don't know.
0: I don't know. How do you see our friendship? Is that a demotion?
1: Well, on the podcast, I think it's a demotion. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. in our friendship, yeah. it's probably the it's, same. I,
0: yeah. Anyway, thanks for derailing de- my intros, which I already struggle with. Kind yeah, that's why of, I did it twice. To be honest, because it's yeah. it's
1: more fun this way.
0: Kind of rude. So we're talking about the 2003 uh, Clone Wars series, the uh, Tartakovsky. I think is how you say his name. I just call him the Tartar sauce yeah. version. Um, the Samurai Jack Clone Wars. Uh, that Dexter's I think a lot Lab. of people. Yeah, Dexter's lab uh, Much more similar to Dexter's lab than Samurai Jack and I can't Uh,
1: get out of my laboratory
0: (laughs) And the difference is this one isn't the Clone Wars, it's just Clone Wars, which is like the uh, the Mark Zuckerberg titling Like not the Facebook just Facebook,
1: but then it's the social network. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so today we'll be talking about uh volume one which is sort of a compilation i think of the first two seasons um yeah. and f- season one and two are kind of weird because each episode is like i think the longest one is the very last one or the second to last one the one with grievous um that's maybe like five minutes but yeah. uh, all the other chapters in season one and two are literally just two or three minutes long
1: yeah, and I think uh, Volume 3, or Volume 2, which is Season 3, mm-hmm. which we'll be doing in two weeks after we do I Started Revenge on the next episode, mm-hmm. is going to be, I think it's like 10 yeah, to 15 it's like 10 minutes minute per episodes. episode, but there's only five episodes for the whole volume, mm. so yeah, a little bit more in-depth storytelling.
0: Yeah, so this one is very stylistic and very action-oriented. It's very, very watchable. Although it is kind of hard to find online funny enough. Well, it's not hard to find online It's hard to find officially online because it's not on Disney Plus and I'm not sure if that's because there's some sort of um, Copyright issue or not copyright rights holding issue Maybe it's still under Maybe Cartoon Network owns it or something or whether it's because it's not Canon Do you know anything about that? Uh,
1: I think it's probably because of the rights issues Mm -hmm. but it I'd hope that at some point it gets put on uh, on mm. Disney Plus or something, because the version that I watched, and I assume you watched, actually has two of the chapters out of order as far as I know, and oh, really? Sure. Uh, that really just throws off the whole story, because Kid Fisto is supposed to be punching, or slicing up battle droids on Mon Calamari like two episodes later than he ends up doing it in uh, in the version we watched, but you can find oh. this pretty easily on YouTube.
0: Uh and pretty good quality and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it says it's in 1080p, but I doubt this ever got a 1080p release. Um, no. it, but, looked okay. fine. it looked okay. It looked good. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked good. Um, but yeah, just if you if you search on, on uh, YouTube Clone Wars Volume One, it comes up, um, which is kind of weird because I've tried to use aspects of the Clone Wars in YouTube videos, like I'm talking about ten seconds, and they immediately copyright flag anything. Um, so. And not just, uh, usually it's not showable as well, because some copyright flags, they'll just take the money. Um, but for this one, it's like, yeah, you can't even use the footage at all. So but yeah, yeah I've used I... the,
1: the Grievous on Hypori fight from the last episode of this volume. Oh, really? In, uh, in my video about Grievous. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I used like 20 seconds of it and it was okay, but I have to mm. check again.
0: Yeah, because I got flagged for using five seconds of... You know how Fordo has that, like, stand in the next volume where, like, he kills, like, ten battle droids and he, like, pulls out his pistol and shoots Mm some? I used, like, five seconds of that and got the video taken down. That's strange. Yeah. Because usually Uh,
1: automatic detection only happens with uh, 20 seconds, right? 21 to 23? They can technically
0: auto-detect anything. It's just Star Wars generally um, will allow auto-detection less, but, like... For other things, like I used a clip from Akira in one of my videos, and it was like five seconds of that, and I got flagged by like the Spanish rights holder for some reason. Um, So yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, could have been manual, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I I think I've only used it the once, and I don't think I had a problem there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd have to check again. Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah so this came out in 2003 the volumes we're talking about now which means it came out but this series was made to kind of help fill the gaps between episodes two and episode three so Mm -hmm. it introduced a lot of stuff that we would see in episode three before the movie came out and less so this volume but yeah. yeah well grievous shows up first grievous yeah uh so there's a bit of that because this series was fundamental like a lot of star wars was fundamentally made for the purpose of selling toys.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: there's a lot of action in it. They had relatively short episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could even call it like really it's cool like a commercials, but but yeah. Um, but yeah. It
0: is. It's like it's like a bumper like cuz Cartoon Network I I never watched it on Cartoon Network, but they do have like these little 2 or 3 minute bumpers that they play between shows. I don't know if that's where they originally aired. I think we got it in Canada on Teletoon maybe. Um but yeah, you're right. It, it it's literally like a commercial. Um, yeah. Like it
1: was made because Hasbro wanted something to help advertise for toys. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that isn't really a, a shot at it. That's how like 90% no. of cartoons no. exist. That's 90% of Star Wars like George mm-hmm. wanted to make the money off of the merchandising. That's mm-hmm. why Ewoks are there. But yeah. uh but yeah. So that that's kind of the The origin of it and it was part of the clone wars multimedia project that sort of launched Mm -hmm. that off where the initial books and series or books and comics and uh and this show started to introduce a lot of the lore for the actual clone wars Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll probably get into a bit more of that as we go here Uh, yeah
0: i I will say just as a general point it is interesting to look at which ideas they had clearly established by this point because like we see v-wings for example which I thought was weird because viewings don't appear in episode two Um or v 19s. I mean and there were there were a few other things like that. Um that I guess they just they just knew we're gonna eventually make it in Um, but it's early enough too, and of course it's w- long before The clone wars tv show came out that a lot of what kind of makes the clone wars the clone wars wasn't established yet so it is a little bit weird to see that the CIS is using the Geonosian fighters everywhere. Yeah. Mulex um, was
1: mainly defended by Geonosian fighters. This is actually one of the issues I have with this show, uh, which is pretty obviously for, like, budgetary and time constraints. Mm-hmm. But the war is mostly fought by the same three ships. And And yeah. uh, the later Clone Wars show has a lot of this problem as well. It's a bit more varied, yeah. but uh, usually for this, it's copy-pasted... <laughs> The same mm-hmm. fighters and ships just mm-hmm. everywhere. It's always Munificence, venators, Acclimators. Uh, mm-hmm. and if you see a fleet, it's usually a homogenous fleet.
0: Yes. One thing I will say I did like though is that in this volume, most of the major planets they fight on have at least some sort of like super weapon. Like they've got the Munilist has that those giant turbo laser or like artillery towers, which I thought were really really cool. Um, on Moncala, there's like. Uh, that kind of under artillery under, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is totally wild and kind of silly, but I, I loved it. Yeah um, And then I try to think if there were there's of course the giant smasher on Dan Tween. yeah.
1: Yeah um, uh, Seismic tank, I think it's called.
0: Yeah um, So there's lots of like You're right like the actual battles themselves. They're they're great for scale um, and like I noticed this especially on the land battles because like even in the Clone Wars, it was very very infrequently that we got the uh, Like the large-scale just like lines of clones firing down on lines of uh, battle droids like you get on Geonosis or something Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that's mostly a budgetary thing But in this show just because of the way the animation is and how short the seasons were I guess they could afford to do these huge battles like like, the one on Munalinst is gigantic. Like, there are, there are, you would imagine, hundreds of thousands of clones advancing on the city, which they're just recklessly destroying. And yeah. you don't really get anything like that in the Clone Wars. Um, the only thing that I can think of... Like, the biggest battle in the Clone Wars is when they drop that, uh, that ion bomb, and they wake the Zillow Beast up. I think that's mm-hmm. on Trandosha, maybe. Um, but, yeah. I I appreciate that. And it's, it's very whole show is very over the top like it's it is it's like a a less over the top version of samurai jack but which is another great show
1: that's actually something that comes up a lot with uh this show when people try to compare this show to like episode three even or the later clone wars like Mm -hmm. oh well look how badass everyone is in this uh and what they're able to do versus what they do in other stuff but i think uh, that's something I've never really agreed with because this show is meant to be very over the top. Like it's mm-hmm. not really supposed to be the, the canon thing that, right. uh, that a Jedi can just punch the shit out of a million super battle droids at once. Like it's very stylistic. It's very over the top action. So I, I've never personally factored it into anything when talking about like, oh, this mm-hmm. is actually this powerful or, uh, totally. it Plo Koon in, in volume three? that leads the thing where they just jump out of the the vendor yeah the the bell of
0: coruscant i think yeah Yeah. so
1: i've never really put too much weight on uh Mm -hmm. stuff's performance in this versus other media and Mm -hmm. we'll probably get into that when talking about grievous in particular yeah uh, because he's usually one of the the focal points for that complaint about other media but Mm -hmm. i think if you're comparing like what grievous is doing in this to what another Mm -hmm. character does in another thing it's Mm -hmm. really apples to oranges
0: yeah i mean like i don't even when i watch the show i don't even think about it really as part of like overall star wars canon Mm -hmm. especially this volume because of how short the episodes are and stuff i kind of just imagine it as like this is a cool situation that you know could have happened um there are some exceptions that like i really like the the battle on yavin i think that's cool um the duel
1: with Anakin and uh, Ventris,
0: yeah, kind of reminded me when I was watching that it kind of reminded me of the shade out shy duel on uh I, I guess yeah. it's from that art where that's on uh ithor Ithoria, but I guess they, they're fighting on like that they ended on mm-hmm. kind of a similar location, but I guess we'll get to that when we get to that. should we just kind of go through the different chapters in order as much as we can because sometimes the chapters uh... overlap a bit.
1: Yeah, sure, but uh, do you want to do that first, or do you want to sort of talk about just the general idea of how it fits into the canon f- first? Because you you kind of brought that yeah. up there. Yeah, that's a good point. Might be something worth discussing a bit, because uh, mm-hmm. this is another thing that people have kind of uh, brought up about like the difference between this and the Clone Wars later on, is that uh, stuff that gets established in this show uh mm-hmm. is like this in the multimedia project or kind of held up as like oh that's when clone war or that's when star wars made sense but mm-hmm. you do in my opinion there's a lot narratively that doesn't really work even with the other books and stuff where a lot of the events in volume 1 and 2 take place technically over a long period of time but yeah. if you look at what the characters are actually doing it feels like it could take place over the course of 5 minutes yeah and uh the stuff with Anakin and Asajj Ventress especially where she's introduced She flies to Munalinst. They fly to Yavin. Mm -hmm. And that could be the course of a day. And it's almost presented within the show that it is the course of a day. Right. But uh, when you flesh out the timeline more, there has to be more time between that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it, like, this show to me has always been a bunch of cool kind of vignette situations that stand on their own as really fun battles to watch. And my memory of it, uh before this rewatch i hadn't rewatched it in a long time other than like individual episodes mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of how i watched it initially and how it's kind of intended to be watched mm-hmm. uh, for some reason i remembered it as just being different situations from throughout the war rather than being the one concise basically battle of moonlinst.
0: yeah it's like kind of what out. everyone's doing yeah yeah, yeah I, th- I think vignettes is, like, a really great word to, to use for it because it is just kind of, like, this is, like... There's n- there's not really a gr- greater narrative, at least at this point. Like, you are just kind of seeing... Except with the Anakin and the Ventress stuff, I guess, and the dark side stuff there. Mm-hmm. But really, it is just showing, like, what the what the war was like. And it, it does feel like... The whole series feels like it could just be, like, the first month of the war. And this volume feels like it could just be the first month of the war. Um, but... I don't I don't really try to force it into greater continuity. I really don't worry about it Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion and this has come up a bit I've noticed with Star Wars squadrons as well people trying to figure out like how Like like one of the big things I talked about or I saw talked about online was oh the Empire is customizing their tie fighters um, And that's like explicitly not allowed but like sometimes you just gotta make stuff. That's cool. And that's fun mm-hmm. um, and I think that this like strict adherence to Canon Uh, Is it is a detriment and I don't think for example, we'd ever see a show like this come out now Which I is is disappointing. I think Mm -hmm. because it it is too hard to Make it fit in if you want a strict can approach it is too hard to make it fit in with everything else yeah,
1: and like we kind of talked about this on One of the previous episodes I think it might even have been when we talked about the final season of the new Clone Wars Mm -hmm. where Uh, I think both of us kind of said that the purpose of the canon should be to serve the individual stories rather Mm -hmm. than forcing it the other way around. And like, I think for both of us, it is really like one of the things we like about Star Wars is trying to figure out what the overall canon is, but uh, trying to say like, oh no, this is exactly how, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. You're probably not going to get something that's super solid, even Mm -hmm. if that were the ultimate goal of the people making the stories and it's it's almost impossible especially when you're talking about events that never really happened to make something uh, sorry if that kind of blew anyone's mind there star wars is fake uh <laughs> trying to make it always fit together like there there should be some story that they're just kind of existing because they are cool they mm-hmm. take place within the broader universe but if mm-hmm. there's stuff that's kind of weird don't worry about that too much. And then, whenever you're doing something different, if you want to bring in parts of those, you can try to figure out what the what the core yeah. story you were telling was. But it it's cool yeah, lightsaber battles and Grievous or Dirt. It's a it's a worm <laughs> beast. Like it's it's fun.
0: Yeah, we've got jousting uh, droids. The the, yeah. the I think you're totally right. And the example that I kind of use is Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the N64, mm-hmm. because that was made. It's just really a bunch of missions that they go on and there are some screw-ups like I think cricks made Dean's being rescued uh, Kind of counters. I think he gets rescued as well in dark forces, maybe Because mm-hmm. um, he defected and then he apparently got caught and then defected again but really the point is they're telling interesting fun stories and then yeah. um, Rogue squadron actually does something interesting and has that sort of dark Empire tie-in after the main story is over And I think that's a more interesting way to do it rather than kind of as you said trying to force individual stories into the greater canon Mm -hmm. Um, Because that really limits how exciting and how kind of wild you can make your stuff And and just generally how creative because say what you will about this series. It is very very creative
1: Yeah, like another example that I I like to use is corin and his dad Where if you read uh, the X-Wing books, the kind of timeline of events and their family history that they proposed makes no sense if you try to put it into the the context Mm -hmm. of the broader canon. But when I'm reading X-Wing, that doesn't ruin X-Wing for me. And then when I'm reading uh, or when I'm watching the prequels, the fact is like, well, as Corrin Tanner is, his dad 30 right now? Yeah, that doesn't... uh, that doesn't ruin the prequels for me either. Like it's fun to talk about because I am interested in that aspect of the universe. And like, okay, is there a way you can make this make sense? what's the best kind of retcon you can do, but mm-hmm. it doesn't ruin the stories for me when there is that kind of thing where maybe it doesn't fit in perfectly.
0: Yeah. And there are some things that like someone mentioned in the, in the comments too, that they, the, the story ties in fairly well with some of the dark horse, uh, clone wars comics that came out at the time. I think a good example of that would be the ARC troopers um, Because like we've got Fordo and the other ARC troopers. He's not explicitly mentioned um, As being an ARC trooper or anything, but I think he wears very similar armor Well distinguished armor anyway, and the whole idea of ARC troopers was introduced in the Dark Horse comic series Um, And it it is just kind of a weird point. It's the same issue that the uh, Legends had like the the legends books had Before the Clone Wars really technically this is after um, Attack of the Clones which came out in 2002. This was 2003 with season one, but it's still before uh, Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars TV show. So we're learning a lot about or we're having to guess a lot about what's going on Um, and Yeah, there's just not a lot that's established yet and that will change a bit with chapter three uh, or sorry season three but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see kind of just a different approach, especially because this is the first real Star Wars TV show that had been out for a very long time. Mm. Um, certainly that's in my like life.
1: Droids and uh, yeah, walks. I th-
0: yeah, exactly. Um, so an interesting choice to say the least, but very fun as well and very very watchable. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to mention before you uh, go into each chapter breakdown, I guess? Nope, I'm good. All right, so let me just pull up my list here um...
1: Our list uh, sponsored by product if you like product and want to get your own product then make your own product
0: <laughs> And please stop emailing us with your didn't we get another one another we had um...
1: three or four emails that were just asking to advertise weird things
0: there yeah. was one that
1: was saying they were Corey, and I'm like, wait, I'm Corey. So that kind of threw me
0: off. Um, On my microphone froze, I'm trying to... So the, the first chapter, I think, ends with... The first chapter is really just the prologue, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I, was, I was a bit unclear on how to delineate the first three chapters. I tried my best to do it, because, uh, like we said, we were watching a long, mm-hmm. compiled volume. But mm-hmm. I think it is the... Uh, That's when they're doing the voiceover and yoda's very little actually happens the
0: thing They basically just set up kind of very little It doesn't really explain or very little happens, but it kind of sets up the rest of the the story because we we know that um That anakin is going to munilence Um, and that windu I think we learned that windu's on dantooine Uh, and we see a bit of kind of palpatine's machinations there And it kind of ties into to revenge of the sith because it's like the whole anakin's ego thing Mm-hmm. um anakin thinks that well palpatine basically has anakin lead the mission to munilence when the other jedi don't think he's ready and of course anakin's a whiny baby especially with his voice actor in this so he takes it uh he takes it personally
1: yeah i love obi-wan's voice actor but the anakin one i got used to it but I, it wasn't my favorite
0: yeah i mean most of the voice actors or many of the voice actors anyways are the same um between uh Between the two clone Wars shows but anakin's isn't I can't remember the name of the guy who does it in this um Or maybe it is because I see isn't it Matt luke oh no Oh, yeah, matt lucas does the voice in this but it's matt lanter who does it in the uh The clone Wars. so yeah, two different it's, a, it's just uh, and then it's, it's james kind of arnold a, taylor, a weird, of course a jarring
1: voice for, for
0: Yeah Anakin. Yeah, it's but, it's not good,
1: but Palpatine is like appropriately creepy in that. So I mm-hmm. I really like the Palpatine stuff.
0: Yeah, I like the look of him too. Not only the voice. Um,
1: well, he's also like this is the origin of the weird puffy shirt thing that then gets <laughs> photoshopped onto real Palpatine, and that's got to be one of the best Star Wars memes, right?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of good uh, like screen caps in this. Like, there are a lot of characters who have like testicular heads. Or whatever, else, or like hmm. just have straight up butts. Like, as their face? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Mace Whenu especially has, has a very funny look to him. Um, but yeah. So, not a, not a whole lot happens in the first. I do like the vibe of it though, especially the end with the uh, acclimators taking off from Coruscant. I will say, I'm not a huge acclimator guy, but they do look good in this show.
1: Mm-hmm. So, there is one thing that kind of stuck out to me in chapter one that kind of stayed there throughout the rest of the volume mm-hmm. where the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan is like pure tension right from the yeah. start and yep. I never really got the sense any point in this show that they in any way were friends or liked each other mm-hmm. uh, which like in episode two there there's still like some sort of tension between them but they they are still friendly uh, mm-hmm. like it's a much clearer like not father son, but like older brother, younger brother kind of relationship almost where in this, it's just like, uh, Anakin's on a short leash and Obi-Wan's controlling kind of a dick. And there's, there's no connection there. And that was something, uh, that I didn't especially love. I I would have liked to see Mm. a bit more camaraderie between them. There is like one moment on Unilinst, uh, where they kind of exchange a glance and make a comment. And, (laughs) uh, there like there was something there but it was just it just felt like it was lacking and that was
0: totally agree
1: something that i would have liked to see
0: Mhm. yeah i mean they don't spend a whole lot of time together but you're right like right off the bat it's just it's not even like obi-wan being like i get that you're annoyed but like this is how it is he's just kind of he's a little too like preachy i guess and yeah but yeah that's a good point we also get the uh we get the blue or the uh, azure angel i think in chapter one which yeah. is a Interesting ship never made its way into the clone wars series Um, some people have said that plocoon ship looks similar. It does. I guess it's 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 a blue, um Delta seven But other than that the azure angels kind of like kitted out like it's got those two little Extra I guess like they're like air intakes on the bottom. It's got wings. Uh, I think it might have extra cannons on it as well Um, but yeah, I I, I quite like that design. It looks cool in animation
1: there's also the Azure angel too, and they're like 35 other fighters that Anakin gets throughout the clone wars. Yeah. I was wondering, oh, why is not R2 in this uh, yeah, but then R4 explodes later. Oh, that's <laughs>
0: Yeah. I was I was wondering that exact same thing. I thought it was really weird. <laughs> um, that Anakin didn't have. Why is have R2, R2 watching him take off? <laughs> I do like too how in episode 1, uh, well in, in there's two episodes uh, where C-3PO gets a gets a coat basically. He gets fucked up by a coat in one one occasion. He gets Anakin's thing on like thrown on him then another um Padme uses it to uh to get him almost almost killed
1: just yeah. fun 3PO go go check out those bombs over there.
0: Yeah, everyone's just like uniron like just unapologetically mean to 3PO yeah. even more so than usual. Um, but moving on we get to chapter 2 and that's the kind of Munealinst thing and there's a few chapters that cover this so let's just kind of talk about generally the battle of Munalinst, what we liked what we didn't like um someone i think someone you said commented that it's easier to invade than an empire at war
1: yeah that was one of the emails we got this week from callum uh <laughs> had a lot of points about it, his pros and cons but that is some. i i cannot stand that map in empire at war yeah. it is huge and windy and mm-hmm. it's it's awful so yeah much better uh, here.
0: agreed um, what do you th- what do you think it's, it's again very like samurai jack-esque like mm-hmm. instead of it being giant kind of weird like like greco <laughs> like buildings it would be like Towers or something or like trees. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, the, the, like that plan especially has very Serious samurai jack vibes. It's cool though. I mean they're a banking uh, race and You know this looks like they're bank towers um it kind of matches the description, even from Plagueis. So,
1: yeah, like that's actually something that I really like in this show. Uh, that I think even the Clone War, like the later Clone War show, does pretty well too, mm. is making all the planets feel very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it is a bit simpler of an aesthetic because they are kind of just copy pasting assets, but the style is very uh, yeah very good for for Mon Cal for Munilint for Yavin. Uh, Yavin mm-hmm. obviously had a more established style already, but they still executed it really well Yep. Uh, within the art style here.
0: What do you think generally of the art style? Because I remember when I was a kid, like watching the show, I really didn't like it. Like it really took away from it. I thought it was, I think because as a kid, you got a little simpler taste. And I said, I, I would see 2D and I would think just generally that that meant that it was less, less uh, like advanced or less good than 3D. But now I'm really, really appreciating like the 2D art style, especially comparing how it holds up like with Season 1 of The Clone Wars. Um, I, I, like, I really loved it, actually.
1: Yeah, like, I, I liked it when I was younger, so I didn't really have much of a shift on it, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of appreciating it the same way now that I did then, which probably speaks well to it and kind of mm-hmm. goes with what you're saying there. It's kind of like when there's the... The early 2000s shift from, or late 90s, early 2000s shift from uh, from everyone using film to everyone using the worst right. iterations of digital cameras. Yeah. And like everyone has all their blurry photos from mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And there's just parts of family photo albums that are just unusable from that point. <laughs> and that's kind of Clone Wars Season 1. Yeah, totally. Compared to <laughs> this show and then Clone Wars Season 7. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like some of the oh, sorry. I don't love but
0: yeah the ships especially I think look good and the clones look really good um just like like all the the war stuff some of the characters are maybe a bit too stylized like for my taste but like the I'm looking at a picture of the the clone troopers from uh the next ch- chapter 3 I guess which we're also discussing now and yeah they just they just look great and they do very clearly look like arc troopers yeah. as well so yeah, everything in armor sorry no, I just a big, big fan of that, as long as
1: Like everything in armor I thought looked great. And then like the, the the human characters, other than a mm-hmm. few, they tended to be weirder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Yoda, I really don't like in this. His design yeah. is kind of gross. Uh, He's not great. Yeah. Like Anakin is good. Obi-Wan I don't love. Padme I thought was good. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of a hit and miss with the, with the human characters.
0: What do you think of those giant uh, weapons platforms they have over Munilinst? Uh
1: I like that they gave them kind of unique defense platforms that we want to mm-hmm. use in Fall of the Republic, but mm-hmm. uh, they, they are just kind of space dildos, so...
0: I mean, that's a lot of Star Wars, though. Yeah. <laughs> space dildos and space pizzas fought the yeah. uh, Galactic Civil War. But I mean, if you think about it, there's not really a whole lot else they had, like, for options. They could have used yeah. Lucre Hulks, but the CIS, like, really didn't have very much in the way of established of an established navy. Neither did the Republic. That's why mm-hmm. in these first two chapters, all you see is acclimators. I was mentioning earlier too that I don't I I never used to be a huge fan of the acclimator, but in this show especially I think they look great. Um,
1: see, I kinda I'm kinda the opposite where I normally like them, but in this show I think they look really weird. There was one shot in in this volume that I thought they looked cool on, where I think it was one where you could sort of see the back bottom half. Mm-hmm. But anything that was kind of top down or side on, I, I thought they looked really, really wonky.
0: There was a nice shot at the end of uh, chapter one where, um, where they're taking off from Coruscant. Maybe that's the one you're thinking of. Mm. But but yeah the. There's really not like that does limit it a bit one thing I noticed too This is kind of a different topic is there are a lot of reuse sounds even for a Star Wars uh, property yeah. um, like Every time they I forget which weapon it was but it was just like oh, that's the uh, reload sound from Shadows of the Empire um, <laughs> There's like a lot of Shadows of the Empire sounds which I'm sure didn't originate in Shadows of the Empire But I'm just uh, I'm just remembering yeah. I guess
1: yeah, and we we got to. Uh, they were they also launched the the nantaxes from those platforms. That was cool. Mm-hmm.
0: But, that uh, was cool. And Anakin has that cool scenery. flying through them. Um, with what do the you? Missiles? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, he like destroys one up. Kind of like he's a uh, he's going back, turning back the clock, I guess, <laughs> just <laughs> like when he was a kid. <laughs> both of us noticed too that the cis have that uh that sniper rifle that appeared in the battlefront games later on and I think that appeared in battlefront canon as well as the uh two battlefront legends games That
1: just fires at 800 rounds per second. (laughs) Yeah
0: Yeah, we were we were talking before the stream and we said there's a well You were like there there's one thing in this show and that's every gun fires automatic and that is true (laughs) The other truth that I noticed is that every single person if they're wearing boots, has high heels. Anakin has high heels. <laughs> yeah. Every single one of the droids have high heels. It's like <laughs> it's well, not a comfortable it, it helps, way to fight a war. <laughs>
1: since everything's on auto, you kind of got to jam that into the ground a bit. That's what they're there for. <laughs> and then you, it gets a little bit less kickback. You could
0: only fight on loose soil. <laughs> 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 oh Jesus! Um, but I
1: was I was I told you before the stream as well that I so I watched this. Uh, more or less regular speed the first time, and then I did uh, a rewatch this afternoon on two times speed, and it was just in. It was yeah that that's, a that's like a lasers. fever dream. That's yeah.
0: That, that's that's madness. You can't be doing that.
1: <laughs> it so like it made me kind of think of like watching this in like individual chunks versus watching it as the whole thing, where mm-hmm. it is. There's not too much story, actually, that goes on in this. No, there's There's very little. There's very little dialogue. So Mm -hmm. it's mostly just, like, cool action shots, which Mm -hmm. is really nice for, like, watching it in four-minute bursts. But if you're watching the whole thing at once, then it can be kind of like taking a shot of tequila versus just downing tequila all night.
0: Is that what we're doing tonight, by the way?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to play some Halo, and we're just going to have tequila shots every time we die, which will be frequent based on last time. Oh, God. (laughs)
0: <laughs> not to say goodbye to gus
1: <laughs> <laughs> murphy take care of the family bud
0: <laughs> it's his birthday today
1: happy birthday murphy
0: he's turning three i got him a uh i went to mcdonald's and i got him a hamburger and i pu- i opened my hand and i put it in front of him he just ate that fucker up <laughs> didn't think twice about it i was like that's that's my boy old <laughs> remy uh, Remy had half a cheeseburger as well, actually, but like she's kind of fat, so we only gave her half. Remy is, I think she's five. Murphy turned three today.
1: All right, so Remy would actually be the one looking out for the family. For some reason, I thought Murphy was older.
0: Ray's kind of a bitch, so. Okay.
1: Well, that's uh,
0: like literally, she's a female dog, but like she'll be sitting on the like we've got like a hutch next to the window. She'll be sitting on it and. Gus will come over and just give her a hug. He'll go around me and give her a hug, and she just start growling. Nice. <laughs> Even though she would never bite him, but she's yeah.
1: So do you and Kelsey like divide the two? Do one of them? Do you think of one of them as your dog and one of? Them oh is god, dog? no.
0: Like I, as you know and as met a lot of people know, like I'm out here streaming all night and working. The second Kelsey goes to bed, both the dogs go with her. <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah. So do you at least have Wilbur Or is it just the giant rat that's yours No,
0: friend? Wilbur sleeps outside And he, he spends his nights ratting like Killing rats And animals and stuff
1: So the rats are yours Everything else is Kelsey's and Gus's No,
0: the rats belong to Wilbur <laughs> You don't even want one No, dude, dude rats are gross We had a really big spider so big. We had like a is, You ever see like a Wharf spider before where they're like, I don't know, maybe like four or five inches long, like they really, really, Worf,
1: like W A R F or dwarf.
0: W W H A R F, or like a dock spider. Okay, like a Fisher spider. So, they're just really yeah. massive. Um, we found we found one in the the basement the other day, and until I killed it, that was mine because no one else wanted that.
1: We found uh when I was in like high school or something, my dad and I found this giant yellow orb weaver thing it was like the Uh, size of my palm yeah so i put it in my little insect container and then released it into the forest but i that was the only one i ever saw that big and it scared the shit out of me didn't like it
0: so before i crushed my toe i was moving those uh i was moving big patio stones and under each one was a bunch of salamanders and i thought that was pretty cool
1: i you should have mailed me one that, They're
0: that pretty would epic. Weird. I, I should have I've
1: been watching a lot of like uh, aquascape videos and like mm-hmm. terrariums and stuff. I like that. And, and I, I kind of want to just make one when I when I move. Just have one in my office with like ATAT and ATS miniatures in it, so <laughs> I can claim it's a business expense. <laughs> Backgrounds for streams, guys. It's legit. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know what's cool? Like uh, tidal pools. You ever watch any of those yeah. tidal pool videos?
1: Any any kind of like diorama style video, big or small, it, that's just the best content on YouTube. We should just turn off this this podcast. Let's all just go and <laughs> co-stream someone else doing that.
0: I'm I'm like a I'm like a twenty minute drive away from the ocean. Like I, I can go start a live stream down there.
1: I guess I could go to the Ottawa River, but yeah, it's all right. You can see Quebec, so that's
0: fun. Uh, is that fun?
1: It is fun. It's where all the cheapest houses in the Ottawa-Gatineau region are. <laughs> the NCR.
0: Okay, anyway. Um, one thing I want to talk about, too, and want to get your impression on this, is the handling the of the droids. Um, because the droids are still pretty serious in this one, which is weird. Because in Attack of the Clones, that's probably like the silliest they get.
1: Yeah, yeah, so you, you're right. Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace are both pretty much the... The, well, they're not that uh, bad in
0: Phantom Menace, but because the, Phantom Menace they still have their old voice. Hmm. But yeah. They Sorry.
1: they are a bit uh when they're not on the main Naboo battlefield cuz like the mm-hmm. the Gungans are the comic relief there. Yes. So like earlier on and in other points in the movie they're relatively silly. Mm-hmm. But to me in this other than like the IG Lancers, like the the super battle droids and the regular battle droids were just Just there to explode, and oh, totally. um, So I, they couldn't make them too funny because they were too busy blowing up and getting punched. (laughs) Imagine like if those super battle droids were what Delta Squad was fighting in Republic (laughs) Commando. That game would be so much. Yeah, instead of being
0: six hours long, it'd be three hours long.
1: It'd maybe be fifteen minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's I don't know. They're they're fine. They they don't have the the over the top personality same with the clones the clones at this point are still just clones yeah. and really even in episode three the clones are still just clones it wasn't until i guess commander cody gets a bit of like, even commander cody like the clones all look the in, same what's he just that
1: nods in episode three he doesn't really yeah he yeah. has a name that kind of makes him unique but
0: yeah and like palpatine calls him directly which i think is pretty cool
1: well, they have a a poker game every weekend, right? So <laughs>
0: commander Cody. I know when you're bluffing <laughs> uh, Okay Should we move on? So I think we've covered most of Munalinst. I I did say I like the big gun and I do like that. It's kind of like uh, It's very gene like because there's the genosis like there's even the scene of the munes looking at that map where it's like it, it's kind of similar to when the uh, all the CIS folk Are at geonosis inside the caves looking at like the advancing republic forces same thing um, we get to see those big, uh the big, uh artillery pieces again, and they're firing different kind of, uh Munitions this time. It's like instead of being a solid (laughs) Mantillions. Yeah instead of being a solid laser. It's like a they like shell it basically, which I thought was cool Mm -hmm.
1: Like the were those the SVHATS? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And then they just explode by getting hit by a lance once.
0: Yeah. Somehow. So
1: should we talk about uh, just dirge in that? Yeah, section I mean, now? and that'll.
0: I think that makes sense. I don't think we need to go back and forth between yeah. the different because for those who haven't watched it, that's kind of how it works. Like the first episode, we already talked, but then I think there's two. Uh, there might even be three or four of them. Um. um Episodes of the same battle in a row, but then it kind of switches up quite a bit. We we had we dirge um, Who is like one of the most overpowered <laughs> characters in Star Wars. because He's he's pretty much unkillable. Um, yeah and he's I kind of like how this is something legends did it gives like the CIS lots of like interesting personalities whether they're like dark Jedi or like bounty hunters like dirge Um didn't you do a video on that on the Dark Jedi that worked for the, the various uh, Dark Jedi who worked for the CIS?
1: Yeah, I, I think I did. I forget if it was specifically like, like, on Sora Bulk or if it was on something else.
0: Because didn't Dooku have uh, like twelve in total?
1: Yeah, he had a bunch of the Dark Acolytes, and then Sora Bulk kind of led them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess Ventress did later too. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, they're they sometimes it almost just seemed like there were as many of them as there were the actual Jedi but... <laughs>
0: yeah and that's something that Canon hasn't really done at least not nearly as much um I, I don't know I, I like I like that about this like there being they being the kind of kooky CIS characters and dirge is definitely one of them so dirge is basically I, at this point does it it I doesn't explicitly say but he's a bounty hunter just working for the CIS right like yeah, he's not
1: he He's working for them because he specifically hates the Jedi. Right. Uh, I think because did they exterminate the Jedi? I think so. And I, so I was trying to figure out if Jedi was named after Jendi, mm-hmm, which I assume probably is. yeah. But, I imagine. But yeah, he just he's just basically there to kill some Jedi, mm-hmm. and uh, the mean I wanted to call them munitions. <laughs> the moons like well why are you here if you're not going to do anything and then he gets on a speeder bike and uses a Does lance. a lot which, of things yeah which i mean i wouldn't personally pick a lance as my weapon of choice for a space war but <laughs> hey if if that's what his deal is perfect and luckily for him obi-wan decides that you know what we're jousting now.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair it's like a explosive tip lance anyway That's Mm kind of nice and it's like the the, he's got like the cool IG droids with him.
1: Yeah, the IG Lancers.
0: Yeah Um, that's cool. But I mean he gets his ass kicked by Obi-Wan on like I guess it's two different occasions in this Obi-Wan Chops him up and then later uh, he goes inside of him and like Explodes inside of him, but he does (laughs) he does enter him um (laughs) It's no better You try. You try to explain how he kills him or how he defeats him the second time.
1: I can't. (laughs) There's no good way to say it.
0: No, there's not.
1: Obi-Wan is inside Durge and explodes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, my my notes for Chapter 8 just say Durge is only good at not dying, which is pretty much what happens. Like, he pulls out 18 different weapons. Obi-Wan ruins them all in one go and then they end up running off later but that is when we see obi-wan in the clone armor first i think yeah unless i just missed it on the earlier art but that kind of sticks throughout uh uh later canon stuff and then we see that in uh the clone wars as well so Mm -hmm. that's always something that i thought was really cool
0: yeah i think his armor is a bit more clone trooper e in this one because doesn't he later on just have like a chest plate and then Kind of, but because like plate. in this, yeah. he's wearing full clone trooper armor except mm-hmm. with a cape, isn't he? I think it's a little different, but
1: yeah, he's um, wearing like random assorted bits and pieces in other media, but like mm-hmm. he pretty standard is yeah. part of a chest plate and a shoulder plate. I think when of the pauldrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but...
0: he's an OG. He's down there with his boys. You know, he's even dressing like them. Oh like I think we boys. got that
1: uh, Cory and Chad is saying we got that backwards it's the mandalorians that uh Dirge hates and since the clones are clones of both they that's why uh, Which, that right because out. the
0: jedi live for a really long time i guess yeah. but cuz yeah they are that's like like you said that's their main thing they're have extreme longevity not just from like damage but they just don't really die
1: yeah they're basically hunters from halo Yeah, where they seem really big and intimidating Mm-hmm. But then uh, the Halo One pistol. Pro- no, I don't think anyone ever tried to use a Halo One pistol on Dirge, But they're it made out of the same worm. Guarantee. And yeah, it, that would have just ended Dirge pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, get that little peach-colored uh, blood coming <laughs> out and just finish her off. but no big Dirt deal. Martin. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? What battle do you want to talk about next? Uh,
1: well, there was one other thing with the uh, the. F- the fight in the command center with Surge when he finally kills him, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan is like making weird comments the whole time. And He does this a bit earlier and later. He's like, mm-hmm. I believe he will surrender it. Seems I've created quite the mess. And then he's just making those comments to the clones, and they're like, Yes, sir. So it's, <laughs> it's like shut it's the fuck like
0: up. Like, I, like I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die probably yeah. before this war is over. You no fuck. one is having <laughs> Obi
1: Wan shit right now.
0: <laughs> Like, okay, Space Jesus, like, you've got the Force. Like, I'm literally going to die from this unkillable monster. I don't find it very room. funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know who he's doing that for the benefit of. Maybe he knows he's in a TV show and it's for us. But, like, the clones never enjoy it. I know who it was for. It. He, for Dirge? Can we no. It, inside?
0: it was for you when you guys need quotes for uh, Fall of the Republic. And you true. need audio to rip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is.
1: Yeah, sign it, cut it, put it in, slip it in, get her done. Yeah, slip it in like he did with Durge and uh, oh, That God. explode all over the all over the ears of our of our players. It's like yeah, the clones don't like him. Anakin doesn't like him. No one likes Obi Wan in this universe. Besides Obi Wan. Yeah, Obi Wan loves Obi Wan. <laughs> it's actually it's a lot more like Zap Brannigan and Kiff. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched Super drama.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course I have. But I don't think... So you're saying he's Zap?
1: He's Zap Brain again. It's like,
0: Can't really it's imagine anything the KF. No, unless it, that's the clones.
1: That's the clones. Okay. What do I call this disease, clones? Okay. clones. <laughs> Lexius, <Sexlexia>, sir. <laughs> the sexiest disease.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: that works. <laughs> I've exploded inside Dirge.
0: That I can definitely see. Obi-Wan just needs short shorts. Maybe it'd be...
1: The idiot wants to see you now. <laughs> Should we talk
0: stuff. about Mon Cala?
1: No, let's talk about Kif some more. <laughs> Fine, Let, we... we'll talk about shirtless Kit Fisto.
0: Doing literally the exact same arc from The Clone Wars? Just way better, yeah. in my opinion.
1: Well, compressed into three minutes instead of...
0: Having to like I said, way better. Well, it's <laughs> I think it's a lot more creative too than because it's the same general premise. There's the Mon Cal and the corn. They don't really like each other very much. Um, that's pretty much it. And then there's droids as well. Yeah, I think Yoda mentions
1: the corn Isolation League by name too. Yeah, he not does. Just, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and yeah, kind of just, a, I just think a, like it's a lot more threat. creative um, because. The the one thing I did like about the Legends one or the sorry, not the Legends, the, the Clone Wars one is where they um bring the Gungans in and they drop them off on the acclama <laughs> or from the venators and <laughs> they're just like jumping in yeah. from the hangar. That was funny, but uh Yeah. I like this one a lot more.
1: Yeah, this is it was fun. I like the cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh the Mon Calamari jousters. Again, kind of weird that jousting is the the combat method of choice in star wars at this point
0: we got jousting (laughs) yeah do they teach that on uh like in like grade two of clone wars of clone training it's like
1: well clone training mon Cal training it's just (laughs) like i understand using it in one place Mm -hmm. but it it comes up a lot so
0: (laughs) i mean there are also like a lot of creative weapons too like it's it's better than just it being swimming droids. There's like different I think like there's like a whole new droid class if I remember correctly and there's like Droid submarine. Yeah oh. And there's the giant cannon which just gets yeeted the fuck like into some deep sea ecosystem. That's probably very fragile
1: <laughs> Yeah, but we can't see it anymore. So it's fine
0: <laughs> They're Like, Okay, what should we do? Should we just pull this out of the water and dispose of it safely or just yeet it into the sensitive ecosystem. Well,
1: that it cuz like isn't like, yeet, it mon yeet, calamari yeet it, yeet it. <laughs> live up on the cities and then the and live in the deeper in the ocean? Mm-hmm. So they probably just pushed that into a in neighborhood.
0: Right, so it's like more and racism, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um so it was I will being say, quarantined. If I were managing this battle, I don't think I'd be parking my vendors in the water. <laughs> At least not right over the... Well, no that one crossed
1: be... the Ventures in the water because it was Acclimators. God.
0: Right, Acclimators. Sorry. But it's not, not a very epic plan because a bunch of them get shot. I do like how the subs are basically like the... Uh, I don't think they have anything like that in the Clone Wars, but they're kind of just like Vulture droids. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's yeah, like different the, uh, sized ones. I think the
1: Trident droids kind of take that mm-hmm. role in later. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think I actually kind of prefer the tridents for that specific purpose. The tridents
0: are really cool. Like I especially like to like... use
1: the the submersibles in this as like a an air unit or something. But mm-hmm.
0: it does look like it'd be like a speeder almost. Yeah. Um. I mean, the trident is super cool, especially when, like, they're they go on land.
1: But... It's very yeah. uh, Mars thingy. Yeah. War of the worlds. That's the one yeah but uh but yeah that's that's kind of what happens on mon Cal shirtless Mm -hmm. kid fisto a lot of shirtless Mm -hmm. kid fisto then we get a few more shots of shirtless kid fisto uh i tried to make he do do
0: be looking good though
1: yeah you can see why him and uh ayla hook up later in Mm -hmm. weird ways
0: um i do like to there's a shot where one of the acclimators gets blown up and the other one's just like Get put, there's like a big wave that just like knocks mm-hmm. them across the sea. I thought that was pretty like cool.
1: Like toys in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. and, That's and what I do with coi- my acclimator. Toys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like a fleet of acclimators and one large rubber ducky. <laughs> the
1: rubber um, ducky has a super laser.
0: Did you notice Kit's got the, he's got like a, looks like an ocean lightsaber though. It kind of looks different um, than a lot of the other ones. And he does some like water bending as well. He's like throwing bubbles, basically. That's mm-hmm. how he, that's how he destroys the leg on push. that thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's water bending or air bending.
1: I think he's air bending underwater. Mm-hmm. So, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that on our Avatar episode.
0: Which do you think is the worst of the bendings of the See, four? I don't know if there's more, so don't spoil if there's more. But of the four that, that...
1: I think that uh, Earth. And Earth is lame. Yeah. Earth is the one that I definitely wouldn't want. I could I could see myself wanting to be either fire, water, or airbender. Probably fire, or airbender, especially. Like I'd definitely pick airbending, but I could see an argument yes. for the other two. Earthbending is kinda just
0: meh. I'm not that far yet. I'm only I'm like halfway through season two, I guess. But it seems like with firebending you can do shit like use electricity and stuff. Because like Zuko's sister Makes like lightning.
1: Yeah, like lightning bending is kind of a high level yeah. fire bending technique.
0: But then there's like the water benders. Like I thought it was pretty cool when they're like controlling the plants. Remember that? There's yeah. like the episode where they go yeah, the swamp see Yoda. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. Neat.
1: There's a lot more stuff that's gonna happen. Like I really like how they develop the power usage in in Avatar. But one I don't thing want it... to say too much because that will spoil you, and there's going to be mm-hmm. people trying to spoil you in the chat. And I saw some people on Twitter being not very epic about that. Um, yeah, I'm not reading so... the
0: chat right now because I figured that was it, that might happen. Yeah, so I'd... let
1: let poor Eck remain naive about mm-hmm. whatever happens in Avatar, so he can enjoy it properly.
0: I do like too the last thing I'll say because this isn't the Avatar episode yet. I like how yet. each one has like sort of a unique like it's almost like a martial. <laughs> like art to it like Mm -hmm. the water bending seems to be like tai chi or something like very flowy and like Then the ground one is like kind of bursts of power Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Anyway, should we talk about because that kind of brings us nicely into the ventress arc? I guess Yeah, Uh, because there's like the first episode there's like I don't even know what it's just like I don't know if they're testing droids at that place or if it's just like a battle arena or what um, it looks
1: like they put out a call for like super duper hunters and then ventress comes in and murders everyone mm-hmm. so like war beasts and droids and bounty hunters but then mm-hmm. they all kind of suck or they're all meant to be powerful but then ventress is just that much better than all of them
0: i noticed there was one droid i couldn't remember its name the, the red one with like two gun arms that i recognized from somewhere uh, i think it got a high res um picture in the uh one of the droid books. What's the droid book that has all those weirdly high-res that like the essential guide to droids? It's like those really weirdly high-res. Yeah, droid. this
1: new essential guide to droids is the one with like the great heap and vuffy raw. <laughs> yeah stuff. Anyways, I'm so pretty sure one of the our, droids yeah.
0: there got um a depiction in that I can't remember what it was though. Let me see if I can find it But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool to see all those different uh creatures and whatnot droids uh...
1: I'm trying to scrub to where she first shows up because I got it open on the side. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine talks to Ventress almost immediately in this too.
0: Yeah, but, it's like uh, 20 minutes in, by the way.
1: Okay. Yeah, here we go. But yeah, there's a weird wolfy hair dude. Mm-hmm. Shit. I was just at the red I'm looking at the one
0: about. at 18 minutes, I think. 18 minutes? Let me see. The one
1: Yeah, I just saw his head go rolling. Yeah that guy
0: I recognized him from somewhere. I can't remember from where Yeah, the flame the flame one there. Oh, i'm pretty sure that was the one that was meant to be a replacement for I feel like I did a video on him. It was was meant to be a replacement for other um Like a replacement for the mainline battle droids Hmm. um What's his name though? I can't I can't remember but I think he was maybe made by like sinar or something but Yeah, I recognize him from somewhere but yeah, it's a cool seeing because we see lots of like uh We see lots of um Just weird
1: weird aliens and droids. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah then she tries to tell dooku she's a sith and he's like no
0: Yeah, I, I do like that. It's like she like she thinks she's hot shit, and she's like, "Yeah, you're actually not."
1: <laughs> yeah, but then uh, we do get uh, Palpatine approving Dooku taking a an apprentice, which mm-hmm. they they need to be a bit more plausible deniability there, I think. But uh, but yeah,
0: yeah, I do like how it's it's also the droid is called the L eight L nine. It was made by the Tag Company, so mm. Baron Orman Tag. Um, I do like how he specifically calls her like an accolade or something. I don't remember yeah. the exact wording he uses, um, but it's pretty clear. It's, it's and that's how I like Darth Maul handled too. Like, like not an like they're they're not a Sith. They're just like a a rabid dog basically, <laughs> and like Palpatine is Palpatine's sending her to her death. At least he thinks.
1: Yeah. I think even Dooku generally thinks of Ventress as someone he's disposing mm-hmm. of eventually mm-hmm. uh I, I don't think i'm trying to remember there was someone else that i think kind of got presented as who dooku would have taken as a sith apprentice mm-hmm. and gotten rid of ventris it might have been sora but uh but yeah she's she kind of just gets sent off to deal with skywalker because the battle of moonland is still ongoing this entire mm-hmm. time uh, and anakin probably smells horrible because he's been in his <laughs> cockpit forever but uh we we kind of went over everything with uh, yeah the mutants there. We may as well just go straight to the mm-hmm. Yavin duel.
0: Yeah, Ventress is also another comic tie-in. I believe. I think she first appeared in the Jedi comics because mm-hmm. this isn't her first. This isn't where she in, was first introduced. I don't think. And I believe she was imagined for Attack of the Clones as well.
1: She, I, wasn't she always meant as some kind of like general Jedi hunter, and that's why she has her lightsabers? Mm-hmm. I think so. And then kind of got split off into her and Aura Singh, kind of from the same character.
0: I didn't like Aura Singh's Legends, like her like uber skills that like Legends gave her. Because she's like, she's still alive by like Fate of the Jedi. Yeah. And I don't think she's a Jedi in canon, because isn't that like her backstory? She was like... Uh, A
1: failed Jedi apprentice or something. Yeah. Yeah. She had a really weird story. I think it had a, a fair amount of inconsistency, so I was never mm-hmm. sure which thing was being used. But yeah, she shows up with like the Mandalorians in Fate of the Jedi. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That or was... I yeah, someone I hires her. I think I think Leia or, or she's hunt. I don't remember exactly what, but she's either hunting or working for Leia and Han. Yeah, um, I need to. When I. But face she's still ben like Mayon, the top of her game. Fate of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's been killed now cuz I don't I think she's mentioned as killed in uh solo. Hmm. Um yeah, she's killed by Beckett. Um she's, I don't know. That's fine. I got yeah. I, she's not she's literally in 2 seconds of the Phantom Menace. Like I don't really have I don't really have any uh any big love for her.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, so Anakin is like walking through Yavin. Mm-hmm. And there's clones flying around getting murdered. And Anakin can probably sense this and sees some of it. He's like, Something's not right, I can feel it. It's like, no <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, you followed Ventress here. The clones are getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Obviously, something's wrong. Like, no wonder Obi Wan hates you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This I is mean, where he gets
1: a scar, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, I I will say I really, really like those duel as well. I think I would actually say that this duel is better than almost any in, uh, perhaps better than any in the Clone Wars.
1: I would agree up until season seven.
0: Cause yes, I, I think, think that's the a
1: Ahsoka and Maul duel is really good in that.
0: This duel does one thing that I think is really necessary for almost any Star Wars duel to be next level. And Have that's Anakin like, can
1: scream at the end?
0: Yes, no, but that's, is there for most of them. Um, But for real i think it's like a smart use of the environment yeah um because this duel reminds me a lot of the episode five duel and i think that's Mm -hmm. on purpose there's some really clear um like there's some clear references i think there's one part where i almost said ahsoka where ventress comes out behind anakin with the lightsaber It's like exactly like when vader comes out behind uh, luke after that kind of like brief interlude there yeah um but yeah the main thing is like the They kind of move through the environment and gradually get to the apex of not only the duel itself, but this literal tower um, Mm -hmm. Which I think is really cool Um, And then there's just like different stages like when the the rain starts like that's a distinct stage They get to the end like, you know, it's the the way they fight changed Um, It's a a lot more interesting than like that's what was missing I think with the duel in rise of skywalker on the death star runes which could have been a lot better because they are kind of limited to that one area There's some cool yeah. stuff with like jumping but another good example would be like the duel in the phantom menace where um They start off in kind of the hangar then they move all the way through the generator room and then eventually They're at that giant pit or in return of the jedi even that you they move through um palpatine's uh Like his office, I guess <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i'm trying to think of some other ones, but And same with like, that's why I find um, the duel in episode two to be kind of underwhelming, even though it's got Yoda in it or whatever else, just because it's, it's not exciting. Like there's no movement or flow to it or story. And that's what this one really has.
1: It's just, sometimes they stop to throw stuff at each other from the walls. Mm -hmm. It's more like a turn-based game. Mm -hmm. Like Yoda and Dooku are playing Final Fantasy and, Yoda rolls high in his deflection, but...
0: (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) Way too high. It's like he rolled a a 30 somehow.
1: Then the the party is down. They need a healer to deal with Anakin and Obi-Wan, but... This this metaphor fell apart somewhere. I'm not sure where, but... uh...
0: It's all right. The shot with the water, of course, is pretty cool, too, on the lightsabers. Mm -hmm.
1: The rain really calming except for the screaming that was that was less calming
0: yeah and so Anakin is able to defeat uh, Ventress by somewhat tapping into the dark side at the end and he he kills her in a pretty badass way she's like on this ledge and he like just destroys the ledge mm-hmm. <laughs> she falls down of course not to die but to disappear for later
1: yeah all the best Star Wars characters fall down to disappear for later and everyone thinks they're dead That's <laughs> That's the best way to kill someone off, because then you can just use them later. Yeah, happens to Palpatine six times. Happens to Maul. Happens to Boba Fett. Probably uh, Boba Fett. He (laughs) falls into a hole. Uh Uh, Thrawn and Ezra fall into a hole. (laughs) Space Um, hole. Just a lot of holes get fallen into. (laughs) Abeloth is locked into a hole for a few (laughs) more book series, but uh, yeah,
0: but yeah, yeah, and that's actually so. The two, the battle is the last two, at well, the eighth and ninth episode of the second season. Um, season two actually starts off with, I think it's like the Mace Windu stuff. Not really yeah. much to say because like very little actually happens in that. It's the less, least dickish that I think Mace Windu has ever been because he's kind of nice to that kid for 30 seconds, which, I don't know, kind of impressive.
1: Yeah, he gets, he gets a drink from this kid who should be nowhere near a battlefield, yeah? Yeah. What do you think uh, of the seismic tank? Because I've always thought it was kind of weird.
0: It is super weird. I mean, I, one thing I like is that I can imagine it being some sort of mining vehicle that's been repurposed for, like, war, which I guess is what most of the stuff would have been at this point. So that's kind of cool. I mean, that itself, too, is it's very Samurai Jack-like because it's like going in and taking apart this massive beast, just mechanical this time. Uh, and even Mace Windu kind of moves like Samurai Jack in this... This one, I mean, I I love some of the things he does too, but like, there's a part where he punches a, a few battle droids, and I'm like, like damn, that must really hurt your hand.
1: Yeah, they're made out of tin foil.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love the part though where he's using the uh, the, the scraps to destroy some of the other ones is really cool. I've been kind of waiting for that to happen more often.
1: Yeah, like it's a it's really lucky for mace and for everyone else that gets surrounded by super battle droids that they never bother to shoot yeah at anyone because like they would have been screwed but luckily uh he gets as much time as he needs to just get as many punches in as possible Mm -hmm. and uh then he just finds his lightsaber floating later and that that really helps him after the the seismic explosion thing
0: i will say these those two chapters are probably the most memorable um maybe Mm -hmm. of the whole series like because that's they're really the one thing that i remember watching as a kid I think Just that is
1: the Ventress duel is what everyone kind of goes back to. That the yeah. Ventress duel and Munlin's ten get mentioned the most.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so over the top, but it's so cool as well. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: And then we get the probably the most boring of the chapters, the Ilum ones.
1: Yeah. Other than, like Yoda uses the mind trick to mm-hmm. go and rescue Luminara and Baris. Mm-hmm. but they they should have been able to handle themselves, to be honest. Agreed. And Padme kind of sees what Yoda's doing. but it it just seemed like yoda was using the mind trick for the sake of using the mind trick which doesn't seem very yoda-y
0: yeah you're like specifically not supposed to do that yeah um
1: sacrificing the the mission they're supposed to be on to go and help his friends is like basically what he gets mad at luke and anakin for doing mm -hmm. all the time but So yeah, I just, I really don't like Yoda in this series. He's not Yoda no, enough for me.
0: He's kind of gremlin thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, though, an attack on Illum is genius. Like, the Confederacy should have used all, like, some of those. Let's take, like, 2% of that Munalinst fleet and just have them bombard the shit out of Illum. Jedi yeah. aren't getting any more lightsabers. Jedi are going to be demoralized. You'll kill a couple of masters there. I don't know. Makes sense. I definitely
1: to me. should have just made a stop there. It's on the way to, to Munalinst from. <laughs> Pretty much anywhere, so yeah, yeah, just go for it. Or they could build Starkiller Base.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I did like
1: Padme in this arc, but that was kind of the only thing I liked about this arc.
0: It's boring. I just kind of, I watched this probably three times and had to struggle not to zone out. (laughs) That's one thing I I realized while watching this. Like my attention span when just trying to watch TV is so low at this point, Mm -hmm. especially. Have you really notice it with, like, something like this? Or, like, even when I'm watching Avatar, because it's, like, if you miss two minutes, like, you might miss the entire point of, like, the, yeah. this fucking season. Um, and just, like, ah, like, throw my phone across the room, I guess.
1: Well, with this, it's really easy to design, it because it's, like, it's all high-paced action. So, when I was re- re-watching this afternoon, I ended up, like, I was doing that while working on some other stuff, and... There were entire sections where it's like, okay, I I remember this now. I'm just going to look away. And Mm -hmm. there was a lot of points where I just didn't feel the need to look back at the screen because it was just, okay, this is just the fighting. I kind of know what was going on with the fighting. I realized it was all fighting. So, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you miss fighting in a show, it's like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But Um,
1: uh, I guess that gets us to the final chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter one, twenty,
0: the one I've seen, chat has been waiting for because they. This, of course, features the most powerful Jedi in Star Wars Legends, according to SuperShadow.com. Uh, Shaggy, yeah, I don't know if this would be sh- like Shaggy or Shaggy or it's Space Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> I and remember this voice being a bit more So,
1: what's that? The naming, and we have Volthman as well. Yes, on Munalinst, leading the the end of the battle of Munalinst. So, I forgot about that, yeah. But then we do get shifted over to Hypori, where mm-hmm. Master Varric, I think his name was, mm-hmm. uh, dies to Grievous, mm-hmm. uh, while well, calling Obi Wan. Uh-huh. And so we get the the dream team of Coyote Mundi, Kakrook, Shock T. I, I don't Sakura. think I
0: don't think that is Kakrook because that's what I thought, but I googled Isn't it. it. I think it's just, no. Isn't he even wrong. wearing his hat? Oh, maybe maybe I just read wrong because that's the I'm first pretty thing. Pretty sure that's. Cool. Okay, yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably wrong about that. Then
1: I'm not like a hundred percent positive, but I.
0: Oh no, yeah, so- you're wrong. I just I just googled it. Yeah, sorry. I'm wrong. No, sorry, you're right. I'm wrong.
1: Okay. It's like there's only so many whipping Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: doesn't he in Legends? Doesn't he live forever?
1: Yeah, he's on the council, uh, with. Uh, it's him, Tree Lady, and other guy, like uh, in Legacy. So how does he Luke, live for so long? The Whippets live forever. Apparently, Cookrook does it, at least. It's Damn. the hat. That's where he gets What's his power. But I never
0: really noticed the hat, to be honest.
1: The hat was a big deal for a long time. Cookrook's sweet hat.
0: <laughs> I guess I never really noticed it. Well, he's got his
1: hood in this. I I don't think he actually has the hat. I just, was just scrubbing through looking for it. But if you look at the the legacy stuff, because he was just, off.
0: Yeah, I just I just found the. Uh... Oh yeah, that hat. Okay.
1: Yeah, because yeah. he was off training. He like he took a bunch of uh, younger Jedi around, and protected them after Order sixty six. And it it's not explicit when he went and rejoined Luke's Jedi Order, but by legacy uh everyone else that we know from njo is dead including lobaka who Mm -hmm. should have been alive for sure Mm -hmm. um and the jedi council members include uh one who i always forget and then two who were from the old jedi order there was three who was upset about ud being dead and was like understandable ud Ud is cool to be fair and there was crook
0: how did he survive yeah. order 66 Kukruk. Yeah
1: Oh shit, I just did a video on this. Uh, he he got not shot by clones <laughs> But then he was like hiding in the in I
0: thought there's places. all these like Star Wars youtubers who will do videos on all these people who survived order 66 but I'm Pretty sure all they do is like go to like a wikipedia list and then they miss like all of them yeah, like Kakrook is one that like Usually it won't be on there because people forget about him.
1: See, um, he's always like the the number one example to me of Jedi who survived Order sixty six, and
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I I think the video I did was specifically on characters who survived until after Endor. Yeah, because that's and, that's
0: a much smaller list. Yeah, and yeah. who
1: still did something useful afterwards, which is an even smaller list, mm-hmm. which is basically Ebbatejus Brand, the Crook, <laughs> and uh, what about
0: what's her name? Uh...
1: Tree lady?
0: No, why am I forgetting her name. Um. The the greasy girl, the greasy old woman. Um, oh,
1: uh, Vima Boda. Yeah, Vima Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's helpful too. Yeah.
0: But I mean, it's it's much rarer that there's a character established, like, in a Clone Wars era piece of media, mm-hmm. who then makes it because. All of those ones, like Vima Deboda, they're just established afterward. Like they were established before uh, the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah.
1: But uh, but yeah. So Grievous, there. There's also the guy who's kind of like, he's human, but he's got like the the head wrappings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's meant to be like a turban and it's just stylized, but. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to call it a turban, per se, because it looks more like it, it's kind of wrapped around him as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, he's there too, and I think he dies the kind of off screen. But everyone yeah. in this fight except for Shaggy and him, I think, survive. So, well,
0: Shaggy has the worst death. He just gets crushed.
1: Yeah, that kind of sucks to, to be him. But, but <laughs> yeah, this is the first time we see Grievous kicking the ass of mm-hmm. uh, two Jedi Council members. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple other random Jedi names, Akira, who.
0: So yes. I think season two came out in 2004. So this is still a year out from the movie. So it's pretty cool yeah. that they got this, um, that they got you know him in here. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff. Like, the voice is the most obvious thing that's different. He only uses, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't use his second set of arms. I don't think. Um, he might in the second season, but I don't think he I does in this battle. I don't think he does. I he's think got his lightsaber on movie. his leg. Or yeah, on his foot.
1: So I I don't know if it was just an animation limitation, but I think they also wanted to save the mm-hmm. the four arms for uh, a big reveal in episode three. Mm-hmm. But we'll see in two weeks when we watch the next chapter.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's he's badass. He's it's kind of the opposite because I think the the Clone Wars goes too far the other way because Grievous does nothing and he's. I didn't really realize this until my recent rewatch, but he's always just retreating. Like, he yeah. talks so much shit and then just leaves.
1: Yeah, like, he's still mentioned as having murdered a bunch of Jedi, but it mostly happens off-screen. Even when they're in his kind of lair, is that Kid Fisto that's there, or is that Kylo? People are saying
0: Martin's he story? uses the forearms at the end of Volume 2.
1: Does he? Okay. So, I. do you think we should save a, our bigger grievous discussion for Volume 2? Yes. Because yeah. it shows up a lot more in that. There was a an email we got about, like, this versus the clone wars which we can talk about a bit but there was also uh part of that question was comparing grievous and i think mm-hmm. that's a, a better topic for for next uh next volume
0: mm-hmm. yep I, I i agree um so should we just talk about general impressions and emails then anything uh, else you sure. want to cover i gotta like uh, I say I, I, I really enjoyed this personally yeah so sorry i, I didn't it was mean to cut fun. you off
1: but yeah I don't know that I can really say this versus the other Clone Wars. I think they both are good at different things. This is like a lot of fun, punchy mm-hmm. uh, action scenes. I don't think it does a, a great job as like a big narrative thing, but I don't think it's trying to do that, and I don't yeah, think it exactly. needs to do that. So I like this for just those kinds of fights. I like mm-hmm. the other Clone Wars, uh, mostly the, the later seasons for their character arcs and everything. Seasons one through three of... Uh, the Clone Wars, I don't enjoy a huge amount, but uh,
0: yeah but Yeah, I would say on average this is better than the Clone Wars But the highs are nowhere near as high and the lows aren't as low. I don't know if it's actually on average, but Just like it's it's really fun. I, th- I think it does what it's trying to do better than the Clone Wars So yeah, it's sold some whether,
1: and that's that's all I need
0: <laughs> Yeah, so subjectively whether you like this or the Clone Wars better will be up to you, but it's very very fun
1: Uh, yeah, that kind of my thoughts there
0: So shall we read a couple of emails then and answer them?
1: Let's do that. That sounds like a good idea.
0: Okay. Um, so we had one from uh, Callum who says oh, we already read that one that was about munilence being a lot less complicated to invade Absolutely uh, Anthony says was rewatching the sequel to children gotta say I feel like Armitage Hux was a character of a missed opportunity the first movie portrays him as a rival of kylo and the second movie turns into comedic relief and the third movie is basically a cameo Uh, who are your missed opportunity characters? That's an interesting question at the end. I, I mean, I, I agree with the hucks thing uh, he's definitely I think misused in episode eight and then There's not really much they could do with that with him in episode nine I guess can you think of a missed opportunity character for me it would be darth maul in the prequels uh
1: No, I I was always kind of satisfied with what happened with maul uh, mm-hmm. And then he came back, and every missed opportunity was fulfilled. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think of if there's anyone that really sticks out as someone who should have been used more. And definitely Abeloth. I think she should be in. More places. <laughs> no, I don't know if that I really have one offhand here. That might be something that I have to think about and come back to.
0: I would like to see maybe like I don't know. There's like I always get disappointed whenever there's like a rogue squadron character that never appears in anything else. But yeah, can't, can't really think of any right now in particular that kind of like to have seen covered. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll try to think about this, but I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some, but I can't think of any right now. Um, yeah, interesting question. Uh, then we've got one final one. Uh, actually I just closed the thing. Do you want to read the last one? I just closed uh, yeah, it. Yeah,
1: so our other email this week was from Joel Davis. Do you think it would be interesting if in the new canon post-Return of the Jedi era, Thrawn was essentially an overarching antagonist in uh, the post-Jedi pre-sequel trilogy? If the sequel trilogy is going to be retconned in Dark Empire and Palpatine, why not have the pre-sequel trilogy post-Jedi material essentially be Bantam era post-imperial factionalism, but with Thrawn as an overarching threat? Uh, so I don't i like i want thrawn to come back and do something and i'd especially like some sort of live action thrawn thing whether it's a movie or something else Mm -hmm. but i kind of would want to see that more with the chiss ascendancy or whatever's going on in the unknown regions at that point uh rather than trying to reignite the uh the whole warlordism or Mm -hmm. uh empire versus new republic thing because i understand why people don't like the uh Uh, operation cinder getting rid of all the warlord stuff but i also feel like we got those stories already Mm -hmm. so i can understand wanting to get rid of it which is also why palpatine coming back i thought was not great because we did get that story and it wasn't that great the first time we got it yeah so uh like i if i want to read about thrawn being this warlord threat then we kind of got that with the Thrawn Trilogy. I don't really need that so much. If they wanted to do that as a movie thing, then maybe because I think that would be a be a good way to kind of do the Thrawn Trilogy as a movie, but without ha- like being able to change the kind of things that make the Thrawn Trilogy not good for movies in the first place, which we've kind of talked about uh, in our Last Command episode, I think. But mm. but I'm I'd be happier with him being used in other places or even after. Uh, the sequel trilogy instead, but what yeah,
0: that was my thought. I I think if because uh, if they bring Thrawn back pre sequel trilogy, he's very limited in what he can do. Um, so if and that was if, your
1: problem with the the pre Endor Thrawn trilogy in the new canon, right?
0: Yeah, like he's got no room to operate. I know how it's going to end. Um, so if they are gonna bring Thrawn back, I'd prefer it be, um. Afterwards, but I, I think the most likely opportunity for him is in the rebels uh, Sequel show that's been rumored. I imagine that would feature Thrawn and Ezra one thing they could do is not find him and then find him after uh, See but like maybe they don't age in hyperspace or something. I don't know or like something strange happens to them I don't know or maybe just just live a long time but yeah. I just he he needs to have an interesting Cause he's, they've done a good job setting him up, I think, but he hasn't done anything yet that like truly is deserving of like, like he's mostly just been a really good imperial, imperial. He hasn't really had his moment to shine yet.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, But yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's, that's all I got
0: yep um maybe we'll just save questions for next time if you can, listen guys if you want to send us a, a question about this episode of Tapcaf or the next one uh, or anything about the clone Wars you can email us at tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com just a reminder that we won't be covering clone Wars next week we will be going back to the x-wing series um, to look at ice isars revenge which I'm excited for
1: yeah so that'll be uh Thursday July 2nd. Mm-hmm. uh where we'll be doing ice Sard's revenge on my channel then we'll be back on Eckhart's ladder on thursday the 9th to talk about uh volume two of the clone Wars. so you got a week to read ice Sard's revenge then you got a week to watch the clone wars volume two if you want to send in questions that's tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com if you want to listen to the audio versions of these podcasts well out for a walk or on the toilet or something uh, then you can go to any of your favorite podcast supplying services and uh, subscribe there because mm-hmm. the episodes go up consistently now mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon at one thirty p.m. Yep, EST, there's also
0: a link down in the description. Um, I think it might just be Spotify and iTunes, but yeah, if, if you just search it, you can find it, no problem.
1: Yeah, we're on... I think we're on other platforms too that Podbean automatically distributes to. But yes. if there is somewhere that we are not that you would like to see us, you can send that in an email as well, and we'll see where we can spread mm-hmm. uh, spread our reach because we are the only Star Wars podcast, so we can't deprive.
0: Yeah, we there. The, we, there are no other Star Wars podcasts, so we've got a lot to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. we will be streaming some Halo over on Corey's channel, his gaming channel. Uh, Corey's data pad or Corey loses. Sorry and uh, The channel we both kind of run X2 after this. So yeah. that's That'll pretty much
1: Half an hour ish. Yeah. Just under.
0: Yeah, let's say Let's say uh, 930 my time That's
1: all right. So 32 minutes and yep. we will be on time to that. Yep. I'm gonna have some cookies first. It's gonna be good Sweet.
0: All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to leave a like and subscribe to the podcast. Goodbye
1: Live long and prosper
0: I don't like that